guys trying finger butthole, this is the Max Level Podcast. Welcome home. For the uninitiated, Max Level is a weekly breakfast powwow brought to you by RPGera.com. I'm your host, Brian, and joining me on the show this morning, host of the Media Files, every single Friday, it's Kyle. Good morning, Brian. Good to be back in the chair. Oh, man, it's been forever since you've been here. You've been making me sit down with British people for like three weeks I thought now. I thought you kicked me off. I thought it was like the 1960s British invasion. <laughs> the Beatles were here. The Who was here. I thought nope. I was replaced. Not yet. Not the girls yet. weren't screaming for the young American boys anymore. They wanted the Brits. I know. And speaking of the Brits, we still have Ooh, one of them. I need your love, babe. Still have one of them. Co-host of Blood and Destroyers, an all-elite wrestling podcast every single Monday. It's Sev. It's another podcast with Sev. And you all know what that means. This week, Brian, you oh, geez. are... Uh, here here we go. <laughs> you oh, are Tiny Brina in Tiny Brina's Wonderland. And Kyle, you are Kyle B in the Forgotten <laughs> Lands. <laughs> Wow. Wow, wow. Look. Oh, there's Brian. I didn't even see him at first. I'm on the back of the dragon, man. I'm on the back of the dragon. tiny. I'm tiny. You're you're I'm smaller than Dan. I'm smaller than Dan. Oh, well, (laughs) let's not. Let's not exaggerate. (laughs) So good. You're so stupid. You don't have to. You don't have to punch down, (laughs) Brian. Your Kyle, your stupid eyes on Kirby. (laughs) It's it's terrifying, actually. (laughs) So so good. (laughs) <laughs> Special shout out to Acom's Laser for a majority of the music you'll hear today during the show. Go check them out wherever you can find music and people, including YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You won't be disappointed. Remember, we are on Patreon now, patreon.com forward slash RPG era. You can head on over there, check out our tiers, see what we're doing. If you feel inclined, you can toss us a couple bucks each month. If not, continuing to listen every week, that helps out too. Thanks to current executive producers, Jexax and Zenku. All right, guys, as we transition into a little what's new with you for this week, I know we talked a lot last week on Elden Ring, but I'm going to say it's the only game that I've played this past week, and for good reason. But I'm not going to keep talking. I talked all last week. Kyle, I want you to talk Elden Ring because you gave up on Bloodborne. You didn't finish it. That's I was that's disappointed true. in you. However, you're loving some Elden Ring. Okay, well, I, I think that there is... Everybody compare, and I've been seeing a lot online, people comparing this most to Bloodborne. They're because like, it's, I feel like because it's, Bloodborne was the fastest paced of any From Software game to date. Right. And I think this is the most fastest now. Yeah. The most fastest. Yeah. And, Sorry, Avengers freaking out next to me and I was trying to kick him so he'd shut up. <laughs> I, I do think that, and I've talked to you about this before, the setting of Bloodborne, I think, really turned it off for me. That kind of 16th century gothic, you know, very, very dark and broody setting. I didn't do it for me nearly as much as this, you know, large open scale fantasy type world does i'm loving the setting of elden ring and really having an overall really really good time with the game too i do think that the game's more accessible also and and one of the problems that i had with bloodborne and actually the point where i stopped in bloodborne was the boss where you it's it's three different guys at the same time and one's shooting fireballs one's shooting arrows and one's got a sword or something like that and you're fighting these three guys all at the same time mm-hmm. i remember that one the run from the save point to him or to them is like a, th- a three to five minute run with plenty of enemies in between and he was destroying me and then sometimes on the way to him i was being destroyed by enemies also and that was really too frustrating for me 
this game makes sure that that doesn't happen and and in a number of ways to get to that boss in Bloodborne there was one path but if I want to go somewhere in Elden Ring I can go a number of different ways to get to most locations I can sneak around people I can go head on I can hop on my mount and just run as fast as I can and hope I get past them or I can battle them on my and mount. you will always get past them you can always run away from everything even bosses oh, like yeah. I said last week you can start an encounter and run away from the area and deactivate that boss you can get away which which I do sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I think I broke so, the game um, in one part. Do, do bosses health, like once you go out of like a certain radius of the boss, like does the health regenerate? Or are you able to like hit him and run away and then come back and hit him? If you go too you far, it regenerates. It if you go too yeah, far, if, it if regenerates. If you go too far, it regenerates. But you can kite him around very large, or, or any boss for the most, any boss in the open world, I should say. You can kite around for large areas and utilize the terrain to your advantage. Okay, okay. And I think that's that's one of the things that I like a lot more about this game than I enjoyed about Bloodborne was there are so many there's so many ways to approach any single problem or to approach any single encounter or area of the map. You can come in from so many different directions and that's been really really helpful i don't mind dying and i don't mind difficulty of games we've talked we've talked about this right the difficulty of certain games I, I really enjoy look at cuphead you how many times Cuphead's you died in one cuphead. of my favorites yeah 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 and you look at games like hollow knight which everybody Absolutely. calls it like the dark soils of metroidvanias or whatever you know i i love hollow knight i was addicted to that game like crazy but Bloodborne didn't do it for me, and this game really, really is. The, something about this game is really capturing my attention. I love that if I get stuck on a boss, which I have, I can leave for a while and go do something else, and I can level up, I can find new gear, and that's exactly what happened. I got stuck on a boss for about an hour, and I, and not out of aggravation, just saying, you know what, I don't think I'm ready for this boss. I, I think personally my preparation isn't there for my character, Let's go do something else. Well, that something else turned into like four hours of exploring other regions. Right. And that's so much fun. In uh, It was so much fun. In every corner you turn, every every behind every rock is something else to see. Yeah, you don't have to walk very far to find something. They right. ruined this map with shit to do. But, and, and I want to say too, while there are things everywhere to do, it doesn't feel crowded either. It doesn't feel like... You bu you're bumping into things all the time. There is space to run. There's space to get away. But you move so quickly while you're on your horse that you can, you, like you said, you don't have to go very far. And in doing that, in doing that few hours of exploration, I got quite a few extra levels. I was able to level up my health some, my, my dexterity some. I found a really good weapon. I found some new armor. And that was the push that I needed to get back into that boss and finish him, which I did. And that was a really, really satisfying. In fact, it was it was one of those things that when I finally killed the boss, I like stood up off my couch and was like, yeah, <laughs> you know, I was so I was so hyped about it. That that sense of accomplishment that you get in difficult games is unlike anything else. That's what I was telling Sean about that, too, because I've been playing so much with him over the past week. So one of the differences for me between last week and this week in terms of the difficulty and like going off and exploring on your own and and finding shit is that I'm now approaching the 50 hour mark. So I put a solid additional 25 hours in over the last week. I know I said on the show last week I was going to try to have it finished by this week. I didn't because <laughs> I've been spending so much time over the last week with Sean 
in his right. world. And I didn't get to play any of the multiplayer up until we recorded last week. Now I've been playing almost strictly multiplayer with Sean every time we sit down to play. And that is one of the things that I that I mentioned to him is that, you know, while it's fun for us to play together, he is missing out on like some of that journey and stuff. Because when you pull a player in to help you out, you can't mount up. Neither one of you, the player that pulls the person in or the player that gets pulled in. You're both off of your mount while you're in co-op. I do, I do think that that's something that probably didn't have to happen. I don't think much would be lost if your players can mount while in multiplayer. Right. I don't, I don't think so either. And I know I don't really have any complaints with that, right? Because it's from software's formula. So they took the formula that they had for multiplayer in Dark Souls and Bloodborne and Sekiro, whatever, where you're able to summon cooperator, cooperators into your world to help you kill a boss. That was the idea in Elden Ring. However, because it's this giant open world, players kind of want to play together. (laughs) Right. So people are trying to find ways to do so and realizing the strict limitations of the multiplayer. So it is a little frustrating. I don't think it's enough to say take it from a 10 to a nine and a half or even a nine, because again, it was expected because it's how they've always handled multiplayer. I just wasn't fully prepared not to be able to mount up or anything. Like, I didn't think they were going to take away elements of the game for multiplayer as well. Yeah, that it's probably something that could have been could have been saved in the in the and mechanics maybe, there. Maybe something that could be updated once they realize yeah. how many people are trying to play this game together. You don't have to change the difficulty, which they have stated over the last week because players have been complaining about the difficulty. They've already said we're not going to do an easy mode. Our games are hard. Good. Sorry. Good. <laughs> They're not going to do anything like Returnal did where they, you know, change the difficulty. So um, you do have to get good. You do. But the world begs to be explored. And if you have to be on your horse to do it best because the double jump yeah. of the horse is really what allows you to not die when you're jumping off of cliffs for the most part to get to areas that you couldn't get to on foot, you need your horse. There, in fact, that nice weapon that I found was only accessible by horse. Absolutely, yeah. You had to jump into the ruins. Yeah, you had to jump. I remember how to get it. Yeah, you had to double jump into the ruins to get it. And I, you know, and right around these ruins that I'm at, I'm kind of in this, you know, it's pretty actually really close to the starting area. Have you fought the dragon down there yet? I've met the dragon. (laughs) Am I supposed to kill him? You do kill him eventually. He's part of a quest. Side okay, quest. Good. You don't have to kill him for main quest. Um, he's part of side quest. But I recommend attempting to kill every dragon you come across because they drop dragon hearts and you can turn those in for as a currency for something. Okay, I won't tell yeah, you what, I, I, but you I, do need them. That's the other thing is if you find a challenge in this game, you will be rewarded for completing that challenge. Every single difficult area you locate, give it a shot. Because if you can get through it, you will be rewarded for your efforts. Every ruins, every area on the map has a cellar to find a chest. Every, everything. There's, dude, there's so much stuff. And the game is so light on dialogue and narrative. There is a there is a narrative that goes through. There are some small, like you said, side quest narratives, but there is no quest page that you can look at and see what quests am I on? And there's no markers on the map to send you to certain quests, right? You just have to remember who you've talked to and what you're doing. And there's very few people to talk to anyways. But as I'm running around, I come across 
a couple of humans fighting against a couple of trolls. They're just in a battle in the middle of a field. Mm-hmm. I became the third party of that battle. You know, I butted my way right in. No idea what the conflict is, but there was a neat little conflict going on there that made the world feel really alive, really lived in. You know what's fun about that kind of shit, too, is if you're on your horse and you run up to those battles and just kind of like run through, they'll keep fighting each other, but you'll get credit for the kills. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, and I've done that. Yeah, it's it's one of the best ways to grind without doing anything in the early levels right and and if you go a little bit north of that like you said there's ruins there that have some little cellars in them that you can go down but there's also some zombies sitting in the ruins that are all facing one direction and they're chanting and praising a dragon and and you can hear them and there's no dialogue on screen but if you listen closely they're saying the dragon's name and praising him and chanting him and praising his his wondrous fire breath or whatever they say you know it's just this weird little intricate detail that's put into the world that makes that world feel really connected and Have really you come alive across any of the enemies that are singing like a no. beautiful song like a like a like a female f- female vocal song almost. Ah, jeez, are there mermaids in this game? Sirens? No, but they sound like sirens. Okay, no, I've I've not found any of those. Okay, yeah. Um, if you hear one, run after it and and try to find it because killing it will give you something. And like I said, it always yeah, does. And uh, there's always usually some fun notes around it too <laughs> that players leave behind. <laughs> the I've got to say, man. I the other day I started up the game and you know sometimes when you start up your PS5 it it takes a minute to connect to the internet so I started up the game and it said not connected and I said I'll wait dude I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play Elden Ring without being connected to the network because the notes that players leave behind are and the bloodstains the bloodstains are hugely beneficial because that tells me 20% of the reason that I'm having fun those notes are so funny those bloodstains tell me if I can jump safely off an area or not because I can see people died there. Or notes will tell me, like, if there's a hidden wall to slash at or, you know, secrets or tips or something. Like, it does help you out in terms of finding shit as you explore as well because somebody else likely already found it before you did. Except that almost every note telling you there's a hidden wall is wrong. Is fake, yes. However... Still worth attempting because there are a lot of hidden walls in Elden Ring. Okay, well, I've not found any yet. I've I've been slashing at the ones where the notes are telling me to, and they're all liars. I found about 10 so far <laughs> up to nice. this point, hidden walls. They're all over the place, um, but that's something FromSoft has always done. Right. They, they've always put, like, hidden walls that you have to attack in order to, you know, get through and to, there's only, there's always usually just an item back there, so um, definitely worth trying, but I don't think I'm going to get bored with this game anytime soon. Like, even when I finish it, I'm still having fun just running around the world trying to find things that I haven't discovered yet. Well, I think I think that a new game plus would be very very fun in this game. I know that there I know is, it's there, there is new game plus. There is yeah. new game plus. Yeah. But I think that running through that would be a total blast. Oh, I plan to. I think, and I plan to do it as a different class. Like I'm having so much fun right now with my prisoner hybrid mage blade build. Like I went off and finally found the sword of night and flame. Um, I have the one of the strongest builds according to players right now in the game. Um, the the sword that I have, its weapon stance, like its L2 ability, when you hold that down, 
it changes your R1 and R2 attacks. So your R1, R2, you, st you still have your light and heavy attacks, but when you're holding L2 down, R1 becomes a like a blast of arcane energy almost, like a straight line blast, and L2 becomes a sweeping fire attack. And both of those attacks are OP as hell. So where I'm at now, I can run back to those early areas and take on like the bosses that were giving me trouble and kill them in about three hits with just the arcane blast of the sword that I'm using. Yeah. It is insane. Awesome. It's in fucking sane how powerful that sword is and how strong magic really is in Elden Ring. I do think magic is probably the most OP ability you can do in terms of, you know, being at ranged, killing people before they even know you're there, and then continuing on. So I think I'd want to do a melee build because it will completely change the game for me. Yeah. That, and that's that's how I'm playing is a is a melee build and having a blast with it. Sometimes wishing I had magic. I don't know that I would I don't know that I would go the route you and Sean are. Sean's doing a sword and shield, trying to get the parry system down. You're going dual I'm two dual handers, wield. right? Like you're dual wielding two handers? I don't know. I don't know if something's two-hander or not. I just put it in a hand and start swinging. I think eventually with what you're trying to do, you will eventually be dual-wielding two-handers. You might be only dual-wielding one-handers right now, but you might eventually be able to dual-wield two-handers, which would be insane. Um, I may consider going Samurai for New Game Plus. Okay. Because that's kind of what I was going to do before I went Prisoner and decided to do a hybrid class. Because... I was using a katana for a little bit before I found the sword that I was using. And those katanas, dude, are badass. Yeah. Yep. That's they're what really I was. Powerful. That, those are the ones I started with. Yeah. Yeah. They're really powerful. So I may. And I did find some good samurai armor at a merchant. I might actually play a samurai um, for New Game Plus. That might be a lot of fun. But I think I'm I think I'm going to try to play as much in Sean's world as I can with him because it's been so much fun. I really have enjoyed helping him kill bosses. So anytime you need help, pull me in. I fucking love it. For sure. And and I got to say, man, I I wish I was still playing Forbidden West. I I got a few hours into Forbidden West, absolutely loved it, and haven't thought about it since. So I am about 50 hours so far <laughs> into Elden Ring, and I'm about 26 hours into Forbidden West. Okay. I do love Elden Ring way more than Forbidden West, but I keep going back to Forbidden West every couple days for a few hours because it's still on my mind. Like, it's still, a, it's such a blast. It's I so good. I got to the point, I don't know if you listened to the show last I week did. or any yeah. of the ones that you weren't on, but I got to the point of this in the story where I wasn't expecting where the story was going to go. So now I have to keep playing because I don't want to go longer than a few days without continuing that story. It is really, really interesting and, and it took me by surprise. And when you get there, I can't wait to talk to you about it. And I'm hoping that you and I can do a spoiler cast for this game. Ah, uh, that'd be fun. Because when you get there, you'll see what I mean. We need to talk about it. Right. And I don't want to talk about it on max level because it is completely spoiler territory. I already told Sev last week. I cut the content out. I told him what it was. And it just, it's mind-blowing. <laughs> <laughs> it's freaking mind-blowing. Well, don't but tell yeah. me. No, I'm not going to tell you because I know you're actually playing the game. Sev, I don't think he's ever going to play the game. So, Gosh dang it, Sev. Oh, I've been <laughs> smart. I've... Uh... I've equaled my time. I've put the exact amount of time into Rise of Zero Dawn as I have into Elden. I feel very, very satisfied. Zero hours in each. Yeah. I caramba. Visual T's listening to this crying right now at your at your uh, you know lack of gameplay. Is he? Did he pick up Elden Ring yet? I know you challenged him to finish it. Is he doing it? Is he working on it? No, he hasn't even picked it up yet. So I've got those beers in the bag, basically. Just need to wait till the end of the month to claim them. <laughs> Winning. So, 
Kyle Sev bet Visualty that he would not be able to finish Elden Ring by the end of the month. And if he wins, he gets beer. <laughs> okay. It was a platinum. He's got to the 25th of March. Oh, it's platinum. a platinum. That's right. That's what it was. Platinuming oh, Elden geez. Ring by the 25th of March. Yeah, not a chance. <laughs> Especially if he hasn't picked it up yet. He would have to dedicate nonstop to, to make that happen if he, uh, if he hasn't started. <laughs> what a good game. What a good game. It is great. Uh, it's, it is so much fun. And before Elden Ring came out, since I was talking about playing with Sean there, we haven't really talked about Lost Ark on max level yet. And I know, Kyle, you put a decent amount of time into it. I put I did over 20 hours into Lost Ark as well so far. All of my time in Lost Ark has been spent playing with Sean. So I think at this point, for me, I'm only going to jump back into Lost Ark right now whenever Sean and I do. And then once we get to max level, which I think is 50 or 60 in, in Lost Ark right now, then I'll just keep playing on my own. But I don't want to I don't want to keep leveling without Sean, because that to me has been the most enjoyable thing about Lost Ark is playing together. When I did yeah. try to play the game solo for a bit, it was still fun. And I'm having a blast with Lost Ark. For a free-to-play MMO, I think this is top-notch. And I think that anybody that has ever appreciated World of Warcraft or Final Fantasy XIV, specifically A Realm Reborn in the expansions that have came since, if you like anything about those two games, Lost Ark takes the best of both and puts them into a Diablo-style presentation. And it really works. Right. I've got quite a few hours into Lost Ark already, too, and I'm, I'm still far from level cap, which is 50, I think. I think it's 50, yeah. And Sean and I are in our mid-20s. Okay, that's around where I am. And I'm really enjoying it also. I've not played with anybody. I've only played with myself, my own pee-pee. And, <laughs> and I've still enjoyed it because it is pretty mindless. And I will say that Elden Ring is a game that captures my attention where I sit down on the couch and I can barely talk to anybody else, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm I am invested, invested. And four completely. four hours disappears when I play Elden Ring. When I play Lost Ark, I could probably do my taxes simultaneously. <laughs> I right. could. I mean, it takes so little brain power, and that's what I like about it. Is there are some times where I want to mindlessly sit down and maybe turn on a Netflix movie and just swing my sword or do whatever the crap I'm doing in that I can't even remember what I've got. Oh, I've got like fists with like fire. Yeah, and you're I playing you're playing one of the, the martial arts dancer. classes. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm playing I'm playing a shadow hunter, which is like a demon hunter basically, and Sean's playing a paladin. And you know what? That's fun sometimes. I will say that the dungeons and quests in this game are actually really well designed. Very well designed. Very well you designed. don't have to mindlessly go through it. If you want to follow the storyline, there is kind of a cool story being told. There are some really neat dungeon mechanics that I didn't expect in a game like this. But especially for a free-to-play game, we've got a really, really cool game on our hands that has a ton of content in it. Sev, have you downloaded Lost Ark? No. Got it. I thought Sev played <laughs> free video to, games. Free-to-play. It's free-to-play. Yeah. Sev plays I demos. I don't have a PC that will run it. Seth, Seth plays demos. He, he, he doesn't play games. He plays demos. Fair enough. Play Fair RPG. enough. Play real games. That's how he gets through games so fast. He, he, puts us, he puts up credit pictures of demos. He gets the five-game the five game demo discs out of the PSN <laughs> Monthly magazine. <laughs> I know this one. That's what I used to do back in the day. I used yeah. to live for those demo discs in, the, in PlayStation Magazine and Xbox Magazine yeah. and shit, dude. Play the first two levels of Spyro 2, yeah. Yeah. Another game completed for Sev. <laughs> 
you know what? It's it's it has been a fun game though. It's it's a game that I just genuinely haven't had enough time to to dive in and really get further into. And that's but something I wish we I should had. also mention here is that right now I don't have time to play games. Like I don't. I do. Oh my gosh. I do. I have so much time to play games, but there's so many games I don't have time to play games. I can only play like one or two things, and that right now that's Horizon and Elden Ring. There are about thirty other games that I want to play right now. I can't. Yeah, play I was them. mentioning to you, I'm in the middle of six different games right now that I'm actively playing, like for a storyline. One game that I play with my friends once a week, so seven different games that I play on a regular basis, not including games that I jump into kind of frequently, like Rocket League or something like that. Like those are those are just sporadic games that I jump into occasionally. Yeah, that's like me and Dead by Daylight. I'm always gonna right. jump back in. Not including that, there's six or seven games that I'm in the middle of and trying to juggle time between those. It's impossible. With Triangle Strategy now released and I Kirby even on the horizon. Strategy, dude. Kirby's about to release and Babylon's Fall just released and is shit in the bed, which oh said going, ba- going back to the prediction you made last week or that you and I talked about between Elix and Babylon's Fall. Looks like Babylon's Fall is going to win that bet. <laughs> yeah. I think that one's definitely going to end up lower scored on Open Critic than Elix 2 will. But that's a shame because I don't think Babylon's Fall, Kyle, you and I were talking about this. I don't think it's nearly as bad as Balin Wonderworld. It's just I don't think it more, is either. It's probably more boring. And it's probably a big disappointment to everybody reviewing it because it's Platinum Games. And that's very unusual for Platinum Games to release something that's this bad. Yes. So that really honestly scares me for Platinum Games. I'm hoping this is not their fault because if it is, I'm scared for Bayonetta 3. <sighs> I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm still going to get Bayonetta 3. Me too. But I'm scared after Babylon's Fall released. I hope that it's not their fault and it's more Square Enix's fault with them pushing them to get it done sort of a thing. I'm hoping because Nintendo allowed for so much time for Bayonetta 3 that Bayonetta 3 will still be, you know, almost perfect. Sure. But we'll see. We'll see. Platinum definitely, definitely surprised people with how piss poor Babylon's Fall is. And I did rent it from Gamefly. I have it. It's sitting over there next to my PS5. It's just still in the envelope. I will likely throw it into the console at some point this weekend and and jump in for an hour or two just to kind of see what it's about. But I'm likely going to send it back to Gamefly already next week. I really don't have time for a boring, bad game right now. Right. With so many good games out. Hit and miss... Platinum got a hit and miss record with games, really. They, they've they, always they been their... hit. They've always been hit, though, for me, no, no, for the no. most part. They've had, uh, well, see, I think it was like 2006. They do, like, The Legend of Korra, which was a downloadable game, and then they did the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, and there yeah, was a they, game in between those were, that Those as were well. so long ago. Those were so long ago. They've been doing, they've been doing like, stellar releases for the past decade or so. I will say the wonderful 101 was not super warmly received either. Yeah. It was it was it was like in the eighties, was it not? Or seventies at least? In, in terms of scores? Let's see. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a look here. I thought it was at least in the seventies because I Wonderful One O One is actually a really decent game. It's not amazing. The combat in the Wonderful One O One is really impressive. And that's what a lot of people appreciate about Platinum Games is the combat and, and, and Babylon's Fall, I guess, just really misses the mark with combat. Seventy three for the remastered version. That's not bad. That's not terrible. Not bad. Average. Average, yeah. Average at best. So, we'll see. We'll see. Bayonetta, like I said, I'm a little scared now that Babylon's Fall came out and was sitting in the 30s on Open Critic. Right. But we'll have to see what happens. But I think that's going to be enough for What's New With You this week. So, let's jump into a little Sean Waltman lightning round. (laughs) 
there was nothing in terms of news this past <laughs> week, really. And I, and I think that likely is going to be because of the reason that we're saving for the main discussion. So I don't think that game companies and studios and, and just news in general, it likely was an off week for that reason. So we'll talk about that for the main discussion. We'll put 10 minutes on the clock for the lightning round. We each have one thing to talk about. Lightning round begins right now. Epic Games is acquiring Bandcamp. That's the sentence. I want to talk about this for a second. I didn't look into the logistics of what Epic Games acquiring Bandcamp is going to mean for Epic Games. I did see that they plan to leave Bandcamp alone operating as a you know, independent entity for, for music as it has, as it is now. But I'm almost wondering if there will be some sort of integration with Bandcamp and maybe the Epic Games launcher or even just Epic Games in general. You know, that, that would be interesting. And I, I've thought about this, about, you know, being able to option out your music as outsourcing it for video game use, right? If people are using, what if you, what if you could do that? What if you could become a quote unquote composer without really having to compose for the game because you're just offering up your music it's it's unreal engine that epic owns right correct yes yeah what i mean what if what if you could offer up your music for licensing in a video game you know that indie indie developers are are like a library that they can pull from right yeah that they could just pull from and like oh i like this track let's just do that i think that's a real or or you know not just i like it and pull it but if you want to use this track it's you buy it fifteen dollars, you, license, right? you license it exactly right. right. Because I think that's the person really, that composed it or made it has to get paid. So yeah, really solid idea there. Obviously, we're just speculating, but I think that there could be some cool integration in play if they if they really thought about it hard enough. And I think that's probably on on their mind, right? Like with all the acquisitions going on right now, usually there's an acquisition for a reason. It's not just to acquire something. So I'm curious as to what the issue or the reason behind this is, and, and we'll find out soon. I'm looking forward to it. X Pass, X Pass Game Box, <laughs> X Game Box Pass, X Pass Game Pass. <laughs> Xbox Game Pass editions continue to roll in. Available now on PC and console is far changing tides, and Lightning Returns Final Fantasy 13. And then available on Thursday for PC and console are Kentucky Route Zero, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, and Young Souls. Uh, having played Marvin's, uh, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, I mean, obviously that's huge. <laughs> that game was up for Game of the Year last year. I am awards. a little sad that I bought the game on PS5 last year, now that it's on Game Pass. But right. I don't regret buying it because it was I one don't of my either. top games last year. Yep. Uh, Kentucky Route Zero, supposedly a really, really great, great game. game. I've, great game. I've never I'm played very, into it. I'm very interested in Young Souls as well. Yeah, Far Changing Tides is the yes. one that... Is is mostly kind of a narrative environmental game where you walk from set piece to set piece, uh, but could be kind of, you know, a nice way to spend a couple hours. Yeah, I plan on installing a majority of these games. I probably won't install Lightning Returns or Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Already beat those two. No, no interest in going back to them. Everything else I'm going to likely install on the Xbox and give it a shot. Yeah, why not? So I've installed... Uh far changing tides but i haven't played it yet um i'm a bit short, sad that Marvel guardians of the galaxy isn't just a demo because i would have cleared it if it was <laughs> young souls <laughs> i've watched the trailer for young souls and it's looked like a 2d um beat-em-up rpg which actually looks pretty cool kind of like a like a moonlighter crossing souls type thing like it, it sort of has that aesthetic and feel to it for me yeah yeah uh art style kind of reminiscent of uh what was it dodgeball academy that was out last year yeah um but yeah yeah i'm definitely gonna download that and uh, give that a play absolutely 
<laughs> it's my turn now. It's your turn. Uh, Evo has announced. <laughs> yeah, it's my turn. Ooh. Evo has announced that Nintendo has decided to stop bringing Super Smash Bros. to the tournament starting this year. How disappointing. Kyle, I know you were really upset about this. I am upset about this because Smash Bros. is one of the competitive scenes that I kind of casually follow. Um, I, I used to be a, a semi-competitive Super Smash Brothers player many, many years ago. Not nearly as much anymore. I don't, I hardly even play it anymore. Uh, but I enjoy Smash Brothers so much. I enjoy, oh, I don't want to say I enjoy the community as much. The community is rife with problems, but oh, yeah. I love it's, the it's, game. It's gotten seriously toxic. Yeah. Uh, and toxic in ways that video games should not be, in, including sexual assault allegations and everything else. I mean, it's been a total mess for the community, and I wonder if that's part of the reason that Nintendo has decided to do this, decided to pull Smash Brothers from Evo. However, Smash Brothers has... You, you know, Smash Brothers has been a mainstay at Evo for such a long time, though. And Evo is a tournament that takes place here in Las Vegas, where I live. And it's not a tournament haven't, I've ever haven't been. Haven't you? Oh, I, thought you, I thought you did go one year. I, I haven't been, but I've always wanted to because I do like Evo. I planned on going two years ago, but then COVID hit. And I like watching Evo. I like watching Smash Brothers. I've been to other Smash Brothers, professional Smash Brothers tournaments and, and met some of the pros and always enjoyed that. And so kind of bummed that it's not going to be there. That's the biggest draw to Evo for me every single year. But, I, you know, now with Sony owning Evo, Sony bought Evo last year, and I think that that's probably playing into Nintendo's decision. Um, this The Smash Brothers community having so many issues with its pro players, I think that's probably playing into it. I, I saw a statement the other day. Somebody said, you, you couldn't turn around without bumping into another person grooming a child for sexual harassment at a Smash Brothers tournament. And I said, gosh, you know, to make a statement like that is awful, but there's some truth to that too. That was such a such a deep rooted problem in the community, and I hate it. Um, so I think both of those things are probably playing into this decision. Seb, do you care? I mean, I've not heard stuff like that before. But yikes! Yeah, if that's kind of what your community's about. Then drop it, burn it, get rid of it. <laughs> it's a little disappointing because I I think it will. It will hurt eyes on Evo, right? Like, it definitely will. Yeah, yeah. Not as not as many people are going to be interested in Evo because Smash brought a lot of attention to Evo. But I mean, it's still exciting. Evo will still be exciting for the games that are there. It's just it's a little disappointing, a little sad. Uh, Seb, we do have one release date to confirm this week. The Legend of Heroes: Trails from Zero is coming out on September 27th here in the states. I think it's September 30th for you guys. Um, over in the UK, I'm excited. This is the Crossbell arc that's never been yeah. never been officially released in English. We did get the fan translation last year, but that was at the same time NAS America signed the deal, so they just bought basically the team that was making the fan translation and, and had them finish it for the official release. And then, uh, you know, they're doing Azure as well for next year on top of like three other games. Like we have a lot of Legend of Heroes coming over the next year and a half. Mm -hmm. So it's nice that we finally got the first release date for that one. So, yeah, we still have. Let's see. 2022 is supposed to have. So Trails from Zero, which we did get confirmation of. But I think it's also supposed to have. Nope, it's just that one. And the next year has Trails into Reverie, which is the next mainline game. Trails to Azure, which is the other Crossbell art game, and The Legend of Neyuta Boundless Trails, which is the spin-off game. 
<laughs> yes. Those are all next year. So we are about to be drowning in Legend of Heroes RPGs. I need to catch back up on that. I'm trying to get through Yakuza, as, as we talked about in the last few weeks. Uh, and then after Yakuza, I will be focusing on the Legend of Heroes as my as my project. So we'll see what happens. But that's it. That's the end nice. of the Sean Waltman Lightning Round this week. This is Kyle, and one day you can be too. Every Friday, I host what is soon to be your favorite podcast, The Media Files. Me and one of my best friends talk about pop culture happening so that you don't look like an uncultured swine during those boring water cooler conversations. Laughs are shared, tears are cried, and sometimes we have really interesting special guests that you might be familiar with. Download The Media Files wherever you download podcasts, and remember, be kind, be honest, and we'll see you later. But you guys know what that music means. It is time for the new release roulette. And we do have four games coming out this week. And it should be a lighter week in terms of major stuff, it looks like, based off of these four games. But I'm still interested in a few of these. Let's talk about them. Game number one, coming on Thursday. PC, PS5, PS4, Xbox Series, and Xbox One. It is Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Dawn of Ragnarok. In the most ambitious expansion in franchise history, Ivor must embrace their destiny as Odin, the Norse god of battle and wisdom. Unleash new divine powers as you embark on a desperate quest through a breathtaking world. Complete a legendary Viking saga and save your son in the face of the god's doom. Are either of you going to jump back into Valhalla to play the Dawn of Ragnarok expansion? Not I. I never finished the base game. Did you, Seth? I see. I platinumed the base game. I had 145 hours and I got absolutely everything. So are you um, going back for Ragnarok? I haven't played any. Mm, I might when it goes on sale. I don't think I'm ready to jump back into it just yet. Got it. I did not platinum Valhalla. Yeah, I didn't platinum it. I didn't put 140 hours into it. I did finish the main story, so I am interested in this expansion. I am likely not going to pick it up right away. However, I am considering Ubisoft connect or whatever to play through the expansion it's only 15 bucks so we'll see <laughs> yeah so i've got my save files on the ps4 so i can't see so, yeah you would have to I you can't would have take to it play. elsewhere or to start again right and my save files are on pc so it doesn't matter for me yeah game number two coming on thursday to nintendo switch chocobo gp join chocobo and friends as they hit the track in a variety of wacky vehicles learn the basics and story mode then take on all comers in the game mode of your choice Use classic magic spells like Fire and Arrow to blast the competition, or even turn the tables on a miracle comeback with each character's unique abilities. Numerous ways to play, including time attack challenges and tournament-style survival races. Enjoy intense racing action with players from all around the world. I will say that I am very intrigued by Chocobo GP. I love kart racers. I love Mario Kart. I love Diddy Kong Racing. Chocobo GP to me feels like a blend between Diddy Kong Racing and Mario Kart. I'm hoping it plays good. If this reviews well, I will likely pick this up eventually. Reviews are already up for this. Are they really? I did not yes. know. What is it at? Um, I'm, I was looking Let's for the look. Open Critic I'm and looking I couldn't right now. find it. Let's see. Chocobo GP 70 on Open Critic. It looks like there's 21 reviews already available. Wow, I did not realize they were already dropping. Okay. Uh, Destructoid gave it a six and a half. Looks like Six Axis gave it a five. IGN gave it, oh, these are IGN Italy. God is a Geek gave it a seven and a half. Okay. Nintendo Life gave it an eight. Press Start gave Nintendo it a five Nintendo Life's and a hard half. to take seriously. No, they are. They, I mean, they're they're definitely 
more skewed towards Nintendo releases, I guess. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let's see. VGC okay, gave it a four, four, four stars out of five. That's pretty good from VGC. Worst GameSpot's review. What'd they give it? I don't see them on Open Critic. I don't know. I don't see them on the list here. It seems to be a decent kart racer with not a ton else going right. for it. But if, if the kart racing is decent... And I do see a lot of these reviews say it does play very similar to Mario Kart. Then I'm intrigued because that's what I wanted to know most was, does it play like Mario Kart? And it sounds like it kind of does. So we'll see. I'm intrigued by this. I don't know that I'm going to pick it up right away just because there's so much stuff to play. But now that we know there's not going to be a new Mario Kart anytime soon, right? They're just doing the expansion pass for 8 Deluxe still. Mm-hmm. I might pick this up for a new Mario or for a new kart racing experience. We'll see. Game number three, coming out Thursday, PC, Xbox Series, and Xbox One. It's RPG time, The Legend of Right. It's time for an adventure. When school's out, it's RPG time. Play an RPG that's hand-drawn by a game-loving boy named Kenta, who drew it all in his notebook. Fun and exciting gimmicks and tricks appear every time you turn the page. So I've been looking forward to this game since it was first revealed during one of those Xbox presentations several years ago. I could have sworn this game was confirmed as a Game Pass release. It is not on Game Pass. I could have swore it was going to be. That disappoints me because that was the only way I was going to play this anytime soon. So I likely will not be playing this game, but I really want to. You want to know something? Here's an interesting little tidbit about the name Kenta. Ready for this? He's a wrestler. Oh, is yeah, he? Yeah, you go to sleep, Brian. Kyle. <laughs> In Japan, that's what they call Colonel Sanders from KFC. They call him Kenta. Do they really? Yeah, because Kenta Ken- fried Ken- chicken. Kentucky fried chicken, Kenta. I wonder if that's why. I wonder if Kenta likes KFC. I wonder if that's why he started calling himself Kenta. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. The, the, the mystery and wrestler. I'll name myself Chicken. <laughs> I'm disappointed it's not on Game Pass. I swear this was on Game Pass. I'm, and I was so sad to see the team confirm it on Twitter like last week. Yeah, we're not on Game Pass. We don't know why everyone thinks we are. I'm like, well, shit. Huh. I swear they said you were. Yeah, and that, that is a shame. <laughs> I swear you were when um, it was announced. I yeah, I don't want to be snobby and be like, oh, if it's not on Game Pass, I don't want to play it. But I think we are. No, I, st- I still want to play it. Now to be like, yeah, yeah, I want to play it. But because it's not on Game Pass, I'm like, I'll wait on it then. Um, well, yeah, that it, just because it's not, it's not like a massive game like Horizon or Elden Ring so it's not something mm-hmm. that I really want to spend money on at the moment but a Game Pass release I would have jumped in likely this week to at least try it out to see what it was all about but now that I have to buy it or wait for it to come on Game Pass later because that might be the case right it might hit Game Pass later this year I'm willing to take that chance and wait so we'll see One game I'm stupidly buying this week coming on Friday to PC, PS5, PS4, Xbox Series, and Xbox One. It's WWE 2K22. Get ripped out of the stands and hit with complete control of the WWE universe with WWE 2K22. Everything from the controls to the graphics has been redesigned and feels as real as being ringside at WrestleMania. Unleash dives, kickouts, and finishers with the biggest and most realistic-looking WWE superstars and legends, including The Rock, Sasha Banks, Goldberg, Steve Austin, Goldberg again, he's on here twice, and more. <laughs> Dan, Dan will love that then. There's two Goldbergs. <laughs> they literally have Goldberg listed in the description twice. He, that, that's just because he's so important, I guess. Yeah. Um, I, uh, when Goldberg says who's next, he's actually talking about He's Goldberg. talking about himself. He's talking about yeah. himself. <laughs> he's talking about Goldberg. 
I uh, I want to get this game because it does look completely refreshed and fun. I'm a little disappointed in some of the omissions still in terms of the GM mode that Sevu and I were talking about, but I still think it's going yeah. to be fun to download and create AEW and New Japan wrestlers and basically mm-hmm. just use them for the universe and GM mode. I'm going to have a blast doing that. Yeah, see, I'm getting this. and um, so I don't really watch WWE stuff, but it's just one of them things. If you, if you like wrestling, then like these are games you really need to buy so you can make your own stuff. And I did hear somewhere earlier that Kurt Angle's um, not in this game and he has been released, um, but then that means that in the 2K showcase mode with Rey Mysterio, his 2006 um, title win isn't in the showcase, and his 2002 debut isn't in the showcase either. Because they were um, both against Kurt Angle. Confirmed. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if that's been confirmed. Um, so they're not in there, but that's what I've seen floating around. Um, so that's what if they just What if they just put him in there with like uh, just put him in there with like a, a generic wrestler? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is good. But they usually chuck in a bit of footage, don't they, around the around the um, showcase stuff. I think so, but I'm going to be honest, dude. I haven't played a WWE 2K game in a long time, so I don't I don't remember. Okay. I don't remember if they have cutscenes for that shit or not. I think they do, but it's been since like 16 or 17 that I've actually played a game in the WWE series uh, just because they have been going downhill over the last few years and it's not been worth it. This one does look good. I'm as you as you said, I'm not really up to speed on the WWE product as we talk about every week on our Blood and Destroyers podcast for mm-hmm. AEW. Uh, neither one of us are really watching WWE, but these games are still really the only AAA wrestling game that exists in the market until AEW's video game comes out later this year. So for fans of wrestling, this is where you go. And again, if you're not watching WWE, well, then you just make your own guys and have fun with that, which is what I plan on doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I probably still will for like the GM mode and the universe mode. I likely will still pretend that I'm signing a few of the wrestlers that I like in WWE that I wish were in AEW, like Seth Rollins. I love Seth. I think he's fucking yeah. awesome. And I, and I would love to see him in AEW at some point. I know he never will be, but eh, I guess you shouldn't say never. I guess things could happen. But that is the four games this week. Uh, pick of the week for me this week would probably be the Donna Ragnarok expansion. What about you guys? So I'm going to pick a WWE game. I'm... I don't know. You going with WWE, Sev? I don't... Who cares? Yeah, this it's not... Like I said, it's not a strong week this week. It's not a strong week this week. There's some good stuff on the list for some very, you know, very specific markets and genres and niches, but Mm -hmm. um, not a light... Or not a strong week, but we'll see. We'll see. But I think the reason that we didn't have a ton to talk about for the lightning round and the reason that this week seemed kind of boring in terms of the gaming front is because of everything that's happening over in Europe right now. And I know we briefly touched on it last week. You know, we did kind of stand behind the Ukraine and everything that's going on with Russia right now and Vladimir Putin. But over the last week, we have seen something unprecedented, I think. And Kyle, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, because I feel like this is the first war that we've actually seen now where because we're in the modern technological era of humanity, you can put sanctions and literally pull out of the country for a war. And I don't think that was done back during World War One and World War Two. You know, I I don't I can't say specifically whether things like that were done in World War One and World if War Two. If they were, if they were, they weren't in the history books that we learned about. 
Right. And and let's be honest, Microsoft stopping sales of Microsoft related things in Russia for a short time during this is probably not going to make it into the history books either. No. It's a it's but, a very small piece of airlines of this whole pie. Pulling out of Russia, like stopping providing the technological right. parts that Russia needs because they don't make that shit on their own. They import it all. So stopping that, I don't think that's ever been done. Well, I think, you know, also going back to World War One, World War Two, corporations weren't nearly as international as they are today. It was and they was weren't much nearly more... as powerful either. Corporations right. are very powerful it, today. It was much more difficult to run a corporation overseas, you know, and, and in different countries with different languages and different laws then than it is now, especially since we have, you know, Zoom and FaceTime and the Internet and it, it, this and that. It's much easier to do it now. Information is transferred, you know, at the snap of a finger now. But like you said, I mean, a lot of different corporations, video game related to Microsoft, EA, Nintendo, Sony, all ending services right now for the time being in Russia and 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 not, Belarus and Belarus and Belarus yes yes I want to say that that you know the close ally of Russia in this experiment that they're performing and it's it's not state sanction state sanctioned uh, uh uh sanctions right it's not you know backed by the government but these individual companies are deciding to do it on their own and I think that's really neat, you know. I think that when you see a company kind of use what it can do, and, and it's very something very simple. We're turning off the service for your country for the time being. Something very simple. It does lose them money, but it makes a powerful statement as well. I wish we had the ability to turn off the podcast to Russia. I would do that as a sign of solidarity. Yeah, we, we have, do have Russian Russia. listeners, and I would, and I would do, I would hate to lose the listeners because you know I, I know they're listening and they enjoy the content, but I would do it as a sign of solidarity if Anchor allowed that, and I wish that was something Anchor.fm would actually implement. Well, and it's not just that either; it's not just the solidarity that you're getting from it. It's it's not a war against the Russian people, right? No, we are we are not at war with and you see these videos and they're and they're sad videos and you hear these stories of Russian soldiers that have no idea what they're doing. They don't know why they're in Ukraine. They're just following orders and that's a bummer. That I mean I mean that is sad. And there are there are 18-year-old, 19-year-old, 20-year-old kids in Russia that want to buy Choco, Chocobo GP this week. You know what I mean? They yeah. they want to buy... They're looking forward um, to WWE 2K22, and now they can't play exactly, the game. And now exactly. they can't even watch WWN TV, because WWE pulled out of Russia as well. Yeah. And AEW, so I think, pulled out of Russia too. This this does hurt the, the Russian people, and it's not that war that we're fighting, right? It's not the war that the company is waging against Russian people. We understand it's not the Russian people, but the more entertainment or the more content that is pulled from Russia, the more pressure is put onto the Russian government. And even if it's little things, like you said, we are a small podcast, right? We have a yeah. we have a listenership. We have but, we have several hundred listeners. That's awesome yes, to me. Yes. But you know, it's it's one small drop in that in that bigger bucket, you know, when all these things get pulled. It does put pressure on the government to think, you know what, what are we doing here? This is hurting our economy. It's hurting our culture. It's hurting our people. And if they can come to their senses at all and see that this is an overall really, really terrible idea, then all those things tend to add up and, and can be helpful in the long run. Here's my question. Does Putin care? 
uh, probably not. And, and you know, it, it's it's frustrating for that reason. I, I, I will say that it's frustrating that he is he probably does not have and I don't want to say probably here, you know, but he does not have the best interest of his people in mind. Uh, but thinks he does. <laughs> thinks he well does he? You know, it, it's hard to say. He's a madman. But the more pressure that gets put on the government, the better. Absolutely, Sev. What do you think on this? I know you and I talked about this last week. What do you think? Yeah, I just think it's a really sad situation, isn't it? Like I don't, I understand why companies are pulling out and restricting their stuff, but at the same time, as Kyle said, like we're just taking it from the Russian people, and they're not the ones we're at war with. Um, so. For me, it's a real shitty situation that there are people in Russia who don't want this war and are now not able, when they're sat at home, to do the things they love, like watch the WWE or play their Microsoft game and stuff like that. It's just or eat food. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's. it's I don't know. I or don't, make I, money. I understand. They can't make money anymore. They they barely have food. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, and. And there's been there's been some pushback on companies like Coca Cola and and Pepsi and 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 McDonald's that they've not ceased operations in Russia at this point, and I don't think it's as easy as people want it to be. Especially how do you, for, how do you take away food? That's what I'm saying. Like yeah, you don't want to take away food. People's and that's, jobs as well. Exactly. It, well, not only that, but it's a lot easier to turn off service of Game Pass in Russia with a click of a button than it is to shut down how many hundreds of brick-and-mortar McDonald's, right? Even there if are just probably, temporarily. Even if just temporarily. Right. They are probably not shipping in bottles and bottles of Coca-Cola into Russia. There is probably a Coca-Cola plant in Russia. What there is not is a Microsoft plant in Russia. They don't have a Microsoft Game Pass plant in Russia. And so and so the idea that it's just as easy for McDonald's to stop doing this as it is for Microsoft, I think, is is kind of erroneous. But, you know, you do have to think about the impact that this would have on the Russian people if McDonald's or Coca-Cola stopped selling their products in Russia for the time being. That puts not just not just a strain on the culture and entertainment of the Russian people, but an actual physical strain on them and in, in terms of getting food. And and I'm not sure that that's fair either. There, this is a very, very deep and complex situation, and I don't want to pretend like I'm a expert in in foreign policy or yeah, or we're just watching this from economics. the side. And, and amazed at what's going on. Like, yeah, this is a first. I want to say I, I, I'm fully I fully believe that this is a first for society in terms of I know we've put sanctions on countries before. You look at Iran, you look at Siberia, you look at uh, North Korea. We've put sanctions on countries before that sure. deserve sanctions for actions that they've done. And I think Russia deserves sanctions for actions that they've done. I, I think I want to say didn't Steam and Valve pull out too? I know, I know CD Projekt Red did with GOG. I, yes. I think Steam may have as well, and I know that a lot of game developers and studios that are either in the Ukraine or in countries that border the Ukraine, such as Poland, and, and specifically the Stalker Two team that was working on that game to release later this year. A lot of studios are delaying their games and not working on them because there are more important things to focus on in that part of the world right now. So not only is is the gaming industry going to be affected for just Russian people, but I do think the gaming industry as a whole is going to be affected because we are going to see a lot of delays out of this. We're going to see a lot of studios that may have had elements of war 
or elements of invasions change the narrative so that it's not hitting so close to home based on everything that's happened. It does not seem that that Steam has pulled they out. Didn't. Okay, I th- I thought yet? they did, but maybe they didn't. Maybe they didn't. I know. But I know. The reason God did. They're they're leaving it up to individual developers to pull out if they want to, like CD Projekt Red, and and EA. I know a lot of people are. Yeah, a lot of people are. Right, but they there are a lot of Russian developers on there also. Of course, of so course. There should be. I think yeah. that's probably one of the big reasons that they've not pulled out yet. I'm I'm kind of reading through it right now. Right. It's really, it's really something that I, I think, like I, like I said during the lightning round, I do think that everything that's going on with this likely contributed to the fact that we're not getting much news this week because there are more important things going on. And really, everyone is more just focused on, you know, the safety of the Ukrainian people and, and ending this conflict as, as soon as possible. Okay, so Valve has, has ended... Valve games in Got Russia, it. including okay. CS:GO and Dota 2. Got it. So they, so Valve pulled their shit out, but they're leaving the storefront open for and other it developers. Up to develop. they... Got it. Got it. That makes. I guess that makes. I sense. think that's probably the best decision there. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I do hope that this resolves itself. I know that you know there have been talks. They've not really successfully gone anywhere yet, to my understanding, at least as of recording time. Maybe by the time this posts, something else will have happened. But I I do hope that, you know, we can somehow through all of these sanctions, all of this stuff that's happening, maybe, maybe the Putin, I I doubt it because I really don't think he cares. I really don't think he cares, but I do think this stuff is necessary and I do think this stuff, and this is probably a terrible word to use, but I think that what's going on right now is fascinating. No, it is. Absolutely. Because, again, we've never seen something like this. And I appreciate the hell out of the fact that companies and smaller entities can try to have an impact to help. It's not through military action, right? It's not by going out there and suiting up and, and shooting at the Russians that are trying to invade. Like, we're not out there actively participating in combat. But everywhere in the world, people are trying to do the little that they can to assist, whether it's through monetary donations to the Ukrainian uh, armed forces, which is easier now than ever to do. They set up a website that you can literally just go in and pledge however much you want. And that goes right to the to the army of the Ukraine, which I think is super awesome. And anyone that is in a position to do so, like I mentioned last week on the show, should absolutely attempt to help out financially. So that way they they do stand a better chance. And all of these companies pulling out of Russia, maybe it'll make a difference. I don't know that it will, but maybe it will. Right. We'll see. It's a it's a it's a tough situation, but I mean I think and evolving a lot, daily and yeah, it's evolving messy and, and, and it's and gross. tough to talk about because by the time this episode posts on Tuesday, a lot of what we just said is is likely going to have changed. Whether it changes more significantly and there's more sanctions, whether I, I honestly, I, I don't want to think the worst, but that's also possible too. Like, we just have no idea what's going to happen right now. And I think until this gets resolved, we're not really going to have too much else to talk about. We're going to have to wait and see. Yeah, I, I think that other stuff will happen. You know, as this evolves, other companies will, you know, companies aren't going to stop production of stuff entirely. News will continue to come and go. I think that this matched up just kind of in in as the as that conflict escalates 
so does the amount of announcements and stuff de-escalate, right? I, even Nintendo said something about the, the Pokemon Presents that they put out and said, you know what, we didn't want to do this at this time. We understand that there are things going on, but, you know, here's here's Pokemon. Uh, so so I think I think that things will kind of ramp back up. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully we'll have more uh, fun things to talk about in the future yes. for the main discussion. Hopefully we'll have, you know, fun things to to bring to the podcast because uh, as Bedroth and I mentioned on the most recent episode of BG Mania, I mean, podcasts are a good distraction. Podcasts are, you know, a way to to bring entertainment and enjoy to people in that part of the world that, that need it right now. So hopefully we'll be able to do that. All right, but you guys know what that means. It is time to do a little kickstart my heart before we get out of here this week. And Seb, unfortunately, did had to dip out. He has to, to go to work as we're recording the show. So thanks for uh, thanks for joining in, Sev. But Kyle, you and I are going to close this out. And I do think that this is a, a fun-looking kickstart my heart game where you will be able to manage resources, design a beautiful village, and watch your villagers age over real-world weeks in a village story generation game called Ages of Kataria. This one looks interesting to me. It's so, it's a pretty game, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ages of Kataria, as mentioned, is a village story generator. You'll develop your villagers' stories as they grow old in your town, customize your village to your aesthetic, and discover a fantastical new land. Legend has it, the continent of Kataria was home to an ancient civilization. One day, the continent mysteriously vanished and became lost to the world. After hundreds of years, the land of Kataria has been rediscovered, and all that remains of the civilization are ruins. Now, thousands have set off to explore Kataria to settle a new home and uncover the mysteries of this land. Craft the origin story of your village, choose your starting location, and uncover the legend for yourself. So before we dip, uh, jump into some of the details on this game here, what do you think first glance? Because I love this first glance. I like the looks of it a lot, man. I uh, I like the idea of things aging kind of in real time. I think that that's a really cool mechanic, something that's missing from a lot of games, you know, in, in like Animal Crossing, seeing your, your villagers get older, I think would be a really cool mechanic if they added that in. Uh, but that's kind of what they're going for here. I like mm-hmm. that. And I like that this game is literally just about building a town, maintaining your village, and maintaining your people. Like, this game is kind of what I really liked about town building elements in Dark Cloud and Nino Kuni and that type of stuff. Like, I really love town building mechanics in games. So a game that is just town building like this, where you are, you know, you have complete control of your area that you start in, right? Like you can pick what area you want to build your village in. You can, I, and I really like the nighttime aesthetic that they have in that gift there at the top of the, at the top of the Kickstarter campaign. So I, I likely will pick that area, but I love that you have that control and that the game is just build your village. So let's keep reading on this. Let's see what it says. Managing your villagers in Kataria means more than assigning them to jobs around town. Because your villagers have personalities, form relationships, and grow old, they will have their own unique needs. As you play, your villagers will experience their lives over seven real-world weeks. Follow the generations of your town as new villagers are born and loved ones pass away. Shortly after landing on Kataria, a shooting star will crash into the ground, planting a spirit tree nearby. When your villagers pass, their spirits will enter the spirit tree, causing it to grow. Here, your ancestor spirit will watch over the village by sending gifts and other blessings. Choose between two ancestries, humans or elves. Elves are plant-like beings, while humans are, well, we all know what humans are. 
Each ancestry has unique building aesthetics, requires different resources, and experience different lifestyle events. Villagers will have different skill proficiencies, personality traits, and wellness levels. You will need to manage your villagers' wellness to ensure their comfort and productivity are positive so they can, con uh, so they can continue to have a grand old time. So there's elements of The Sims in this as well. Right. Which is really cool. It's super neat, yeah. And even The Sims, right? Because The Sims does have aging, right? Like your Sims get older, they eventually die. So that is something that The Sims has always handled. But a lot of other games, like you mentioned, like Animal Crossing or Stardew or other games that are in this genre, we don't have any other aging mechanics like that. So a game that's taking that from The Sims and implementing it into you know, building a village like Animal Crossing. This is a dope idea. I like this a lot. Yeah, I, you know, it's it's a tough market to break into these town building kind of life sim games. This is the, the indie darling genre, right? Right. This is the Kickstarter genre. And so I, I do think that that's a pretty cool little mechanic that sets them apart from the rest of the pack. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the village before we get out of here. So Ages of Kataria takes place over real-world time, as we mentioned. So building your colony won't happen overnight. There are no pay-to-win features. So the only way to speed up construction is to assign other villagers to support the building. Seasons in the game will reflect the real-world seasons. Each season will have its own distinct challenges and joys for your villagers to face. Plus, experience unique Katarian holiday celebrations each month. Use resources you collect or trade to build up your town and upgrade buildings. Your buildings will have a dynamic upgrade, allowing them to take different paths to level up. From classic to mythic, collect and domesticate the unique animals residing in Kataria. Some animals produce resources, while others just look rad and boost happiness around town. Unleash your, creative and build, unleash your creativity and build your village the way you want. Specialize in one resource or become a jack-of-all-trades. From there, it's just a matter of trading with other players to get what you want. Boost your village productivity by playing minigames around town from cooking to hunting. Each job will have a unique minigame. In addition to boosting your productivity, minigames will also increase your villager's skill level. So it said trading with other players to get what you want. Are there multiplayer aspects to this game? I don't know. I was looking at that. And I'm not seeing that as, as a potential feature but right. that would be sick if it was that would be dope maybe they just mean like trading in the game with other npcs that's what i'm thinking yeah but if there were an option to trade with other players maybe it's handled like pokemon does right where you're not actually in there but you're just trading that would be really fucking cool that would be cool. So I love that this is a blend of basically what Animal Crossing is, right? The game takes place in real time. It has real seasons. There will be monthly holidays, sort of like Animal Crossing has. Yet there's a lot more, it seems, to do in terms of the village building, and you have direct control over your characters. I think this game looks really cool. And they're shooting for June of next year. $25 is the cheapest to get a copy of the game. That's not bad. Right. Not bad. That's not bad. That's not bad. I will be keeping an eye on this. I don't know if I'm going to pledge. They've already hit their goal. They were looking for $10,000 US dollars. They're already sitting at $52,500 as a time of recording Sheesh. with 19 days to go. So they hit their goal. They've already hit several stretch goals. They got, you know, prop making. They they hit, uh, well, they already hit, but they haven't hit it yet in terms of updating the graphic, customizable building colors. But they're also aiming for at 65,000, you'll be able to trade animals, which does tell me there likely is going to be some sort of trading mechanic with other players. And at 80,000, the game will come to the Switch, which needs to happen. Yes, absolutely. This needs to be on the Switch. Hopefully they hit that 80,000. 
Uh, go check it out. Kickstarter.com. The name of this game, Ages of Kataria. But Kyle, that's unfortunately going to bring us to the close of the show this week. And the, the listeners have been missing the PP over the last few weeks because both Sev and Daryl were not interested in exploring your PP. And I they was sure were those losers. But I, I got a good one this week, man. There was a there was a big double album release by the band Big Thief. Which, if you don't know Big Thief, they're really great. Kind of a uh, kind of a, a super group. Adrian Lanker being one of the main singers, and I really like a lot of the music they put out. They did put out an album, uh, like I said, just a week or two ago, called Dragon New War Mountain. I believe in you. I don't know how the grammar breaks up in that, but that's the name of the album. And there's a song on it that I really like. It's kind of a neat little. Uh, country western tune called Change. It's the first track on the album. Go listen to it. It's called Change by Big Thief. This episode of the Max Level Podcast has been brought to you by RPGera.com. Please remember to leave us a rating and a review regardless of where you're listening. If you want more of us, check us out on YouTube and Twitch and make sure you're subscribed or following at both places with notifications on. Links to where we can be found on social media, as well as to our Discord server and all other important information can be found in the show notes for this episode.